Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and right here is Bob Hassan, my co-host. Bob, who do we have on today? Oh, wow, Sean. We have Lisa Boucher. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a registered nurse. She's an author. And more, most importantly, she's a cowgirl. Uh, <laughs> this is so funny. We've never had a cowgirl on before. This is the first. Yeah. So, so here's her bio. After years of training polo horses and working as a flight attendant, hairdresser, and bartender, Lisa reconstructed her life and settled in as a registered nurse. And for the past 27 years, she's worked with hundreds of women to help them overcome alcoholism, to live better lives, and become better parents. She's an award-winning author of six books. She's a mother of twin sons, and she lives in Ohio with her husband. And we get to talk to her next. That's awesome. So join us. Bob, you and I are passionate about people in the marketplace being equipped to hear God's voice. And so we put together a book. Tell us about it. It's called Wired to Hear. And 99% of us are out in the marketplace. We're not in the professional vocational ministry. And this book is for you if you want to learn how to hear God in the marketplace. And it's very practical, but it's also very in-depth and spiritual with actionable steps. Great chapters about defining your process when you're trying to hear God's voice. And I just think with the expertise of my coaching and Bob's long-term career and advice giving, you're going to feel the both of us together, something synergized that's really beautiful. And it's just for you. Get wired to hear at bullsministries.com. And you're also going to get a free teaching series only available if you buy it from us at bullsministries.com with business leaders, just like you who are sharing their process of hearing God's voice, how they are wired to hear. And it's going to so help you as Bob and I navigate these conversations. They're going to bring the book home into your everyday practice. Get your book today. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Lisa Boucher. And Lisa, I can't wait to hear your story. I know your book has just come out. We're so excited to talk to you today. But welcome. Thank you, Sean. Glad to be here. Lisa, it's been so fun talking to you uh, before the show. And take us back to your early life and 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 tell us about um, you know how you got to this point right now. Well, we were talking, like you said earlier, I think God snatched me out of a, a I was heading downhill and I think God snatched me out before I really got rolling too fast in the wrong direction because <laughs> I was heading that way. And so, as I alluded to earlier, I got sober in my late 20s. And that's when I think my relationship with God and everything really changed. I mean, I had a lot of that decade of your 20s when most people are, or, you know, they're laying the foundation for their life. I, mine was completely scattered. So I spent a lot of time in bars and partying and going to school forever, but not really getting anywhere with it. So when I finally realized the alcohol was taking up too much time in my life is when, um, and, and I do, I say this with all sincerity, God allowed me to see what I needed to see because most people don't quit at the point where I was and they wait till it gets really bad or you don't think you have a problem if you're not a daily drinker in that. But I like to just to recap it, you know, what is it doing to your life and what is it preventing you from getting? Yeah. And that's how 
I was able to see that. So I still think that's a miracle. And I had a lot of failure, you know, getting fired from jobs, not being able to finish anything. When the going got rough with anything in my life, I just bailed. I didn't stick through anything. And so I had to change all of that and learn healthy coping skills. And I had to learn how to, when things get hard, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it. It means you need to buckle down, you know, and, and I guess that comes with some wisdom and maybe God kind of guides us because sometimes when things are too hard, maybe we aren't supposed to go that path, but for me, like when I went to nursing school, that was so hard compared to getting an English degree. And there were so many times I wanted to quit, but I just knew that I prayed my way through nursing school and I ended up graduating valedictorian. Wow. And that was like my first moment of like, this is what God did for me. He gave me the ability to stick and stay and get through something that was so hard. And I had twin babies that were six months old when I started back to school. I know my husband was furious, but there was just a lot of really a lot of dynamics going on with this resentful husband. And I'm like, wait a minute though. You knew I was a waitress when you married me. It's not like I did a bait and switch, you know, but I think he was like, Oh, well, I didn't think you'd go now, but it was like, there was never going to be a good time to go. And that was the best time. Like when you wake up from a fog and you realize like, I need to get moving on my life. So, you know, those are the kind of things where I started to see God really work in my life. Wow. So I'm, I'm just thinking about your family. I mean, how many kids do you have? Just the oh, two boys. Just the, well, <laughs> which is like having an army when you have two boy twins. Well, it was. It was kind of was yeah. a little overwhelmed. And then what? what is your husband's career? What was it at the time when you were? He's a lawyer. Okay. And uh, so That's a yeah. lot. I mean, to take on a whole new career path, and then your husband's a lawyer establishing his career. Right. And that's twins. Wow. So it's kind of talk to us about that process, because a lot of a lot of women are afraid to jump into a career path, and they're afraid of their, their husband's resentment, or they're afraid of not being able to do it because they don't have the time. Or they, or they're going to sacrifice their, their kids at the altar of their career. Like, talk about that kind of transition too. And what did God do? How did God show you and give you peace in that time? Okay, that I mean, I, I'm kind of glad we. I don't get an opportunity to talk about this, and I think for people with marriages, you know, I've yeah. been married a long time to this man, and we've had some really rough times, and that was one of the hardest times in our marriage. I'm getting sober, so that we were only married four years, so he was not happy about that. I, I mean, yeah. he was like, "You do not have a drinking problem," and I think he was more mad that he was giving up his drinking buddy. So <laughs> that changed the dynamics a lot. And so then we have these twins and then I'm like, I go to school and he looked at it from the perspective, oh, you don't want to be a mother and, and nothing could have been further from the truth. But I had this overwhelming sense of, you know, we don't know what the future has in store. And I needed to be able to put food on the table for these two babies. Should this marriage not work out? Should he drop dead tomorrow? We just don't know. So that is where my mind was. So he's filled with a lot of resentment, not all that supportive about the amount of time that I needed. My life was very small at that time. It was, I was doing a 12 step program. I was going to school and I was going to the grocery store. And then of course, taking care of my babies. That was my world for three wow. years. And wow. my husband, I just kind of put him on the back burner. 
And we went through some really rough waters. I think he stepped out a little bit and I didn't really care at this point. My, I had like tunnel vision that no matter what happens, I'm going to finish this. So like I said, so I can put food on the table for these kids. And that was that maternal instinct that, you know, I need to be able to provide. And so that's what I did. And I had to really let go of our marriage because, you know, we were talking about going to counseling. It's like, I didn't have the energy to do any of it. And I remember standing in my kitchen and I said, you know, God, if you want this marriage to work, you're going to have to fix it because I don't have time for this right now. And I really didn't. And somehow it all worked out, you know, it wasn't easy. And that was probably looking back, we had about four or five years in our marriage where it was terrible, but I guess neither of us, you know, in fact, my lawyer husband one time came home with uh, divorce papers and I'm reading through these and I'm like, really, how are you going to live? It was almost ludicrous because he's giving me like everything. And I'm thinking, this is not even serious. And I just ripped it up, you know, and I told him like, stop this nonsense. And, you know, it was like, I think he was trying like a little kid to get my attention. And later, I think, you know, when we did have time to talk about it years later, it was an attention thing. Like, I don't think, I think he needed to grow up, you know, I think, I don't know, no offense guys, but he was 40 before I feel like he grew up. And you know, where I think I was growing up faster than he was at the time. And it just, the marriage wasn't the be all and end all and whether he was happy. I mean, I wasn't all that happy. You know, know, Lisa, what I love about this story is you you guys have been married. How many years have you been married now? 37. Okay, 37 years. And you're talking to us about a process. Yeah. And four to five years that were really, really hard. And my wife and I've been married 34 years and and we've you know we've had some seasons that have been really hard and the the one thing about being in Christ is being able to persevere through these things and recognize that you're on a journey and everything's a season i'm i'm just so happy you shared that with us let's fast forward and talk to us about the, your book the name of your book how you how you got to it and really what you're doing now So I got to this book by my, the last book I wrote, I started with fiction and then I think those books taught me how to write. And then my last book in 2017, Raising the Bottom was about our drinking culture, sobriety and whatnot. And then I was talking, you know, and doing a lot of these kinds of things for the last four years around alcoholism. And I just felt God putting on my spirit that it was time to shift away from focusing just on that to something a little more broad and spiritual because we have to live in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I stay sober because of God and that is my rudder still. And so I love horses and I love being in the, in, you know, nature and the outdoors. So I started going on cattle drives to really. Yeah. And so that was really what I didn't know it was going to birth the book, but um, the last, the first cattle drive I ever went on was pretty serious riding. I was not prepared as much as I've been riding since I've been five years old. That's in Ohio. I was not prepared for some of the mountainous areas that we were riding into and the rushing streams, I guess, rivers and just some really challenging things. The rattlesnakes, I have a story in there about the rattlers and the meadowlarks. So 
these things that were new to me and I tied them in with the prayer of Jehoshaphat that I stumbled over also. And that whole prayer is about letting go where, you know, they didn't have um, King Jehoshaphat didn't really have a plan when these armies are encroaching on the people. Mm -hmm. So that was his plan was to pray and praise. And it's not a very long prayer. And I was like, oh, I love that. And so I, I married that with some visuals of where when I was on the horse, literally letting go of the reins because you're in these precarious situations like the one time we run a footpath. And literally, if I turn my head to the left, I'm kissing the mountain. And when I look to the right, it was this precipitous mm -hmm. drop that was just so scary. So I was just very aware of like, I'm not going to touch these reins and I'm just going to let this horse do what the horse does. Wow. Because, you know, those kinds of things where you just have to let go. And so I think in life, we struggle, all of us struggle with letting go of things that we can't control. And that's most of the things that really matter. Hmm. That's what I wanted to kind of convey in the book. And, and it's a shorter book and the chapters are short and some pages just have, you know, a, a, a paragraph. But I wanted it to be where you could open it to any page and start reading because we all need that mind reset sometimes. Yeah. Wow, that's intense. I think it's, you know, I've, I've owned horses, not for very long, but I've owned horses before. Before I was married, I uh, with my best friend, we had a house, and he was a horse guy, and these people left the horses for us because they couldn't take them where they were going. So we had them for, I don't know, seven years and learned so much. Like, horses are really, they're really a conduit for, like, learning about who God is, I think, because they're, they're majestic beings that you have to really work with in kind of like a harmony. So I think it's really interesting. You wrote this book that's about cattle driving and horses and letting go. Cause there is a surrender when you're letting a creature lead you. Most animals we have, we lead them, but horses really do. You have to work with them. I think it's really interesting that you came from the life of sobriety to write another level of surrender. Cause I mean, coming to sobriety is surrender to God saying, I can't do this without you, but then coming into your whole life, like you're saying those key moments, tell us some of the times that you can relate that story in your own life. Cause I'm, I'm sure it's in the book, like where you can relate to like, okay, this point represents when I had to let go of my kids or when I had to let go of my husband or I had to like talk about some of those moments. Um, well, the one I mentioned earlier with letting go of how this marriage is going to unfold, yeah. um, letting go of, you know, we've all had career situations being working at hospitals and, you know, they close and this, cause my, the first half of my nursing career I was in the emergency room and worked in a level one trauma center. Oh, wow. And then, um, yeah, so we had the helicopter coming in constantly. So you see a lot of humanity and, and I guess I am a little jaded because of it. You see see the worst side of humanity sometimes yeah. and you see the best too. But, um, and then I stayed home with my kids for three years and then I thought I better get back because things change. And I ended up in psych and that was one of those letting go because this woman kept calling me and I kept turning her down. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to work in psych. And, you know, I ended up, I thought, well, maybe God wants me here because she was awfully persistent. Yeah. And it wasn't until, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years later, I realized, wow, that was massive research, real life research for my book, for raising the bottom that we don't know how these, you know, where God was pointing me and I kept saying, no, 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 no. And so, you know, there's with kids, that is still probably my biggest struggle is 
you know, my sons are grown. They're doing great. I have two beautiful granddaughters. They're little and just got a call this morning. There's a third on the way. So, yes, congratulations. Yeah. So, you know, but I have to let go every day with that because I can start projecting. And I think projecting causes a lot of anxiety and fear when we're looking down the road. And, you know, I love the little sayings that I learned in recovery. Bloom where you're planted. Where are your feet? You know, that's where we are right now. And that really is where God is, you know, in the Lord's prayer, give us this day, our yeah. daily bread. He doesn't say, I'm going to equip you for the next decade. I'm going to give you what you need today. And that is a, a letting go process for me on a daily basis. Because if I wake up and I start projecting, I can get back into that fear or micromanaging and all of that stuff. And none of it works. I mean, none of it works. I have, you know, my other son, he and his wife are trying to have children. So it's like this I don't know. It's kind of like this heartbreak with joy. And my son called and he said, Oh, what do I do? Do I tell, you know, and I said, honey, it is what it is. It's not something you're going to hide. And we can't be like, it's yeah. in God's hands, right? We have to let go of this. We can't control this. This is way out of our hands. So I think every day is a letting go process. Yeah. I think, I think that that's so amazing, Lisa. And you know, your, your book, pray, trust, ride. I, I just think it's I, I think it's an amazing title, and I'm I'm struck by how pragmatic you are, and I'm wondering you were you're talking about projecting, but how do you deal with emotions? You know, when when you're in the psych ward, when you when you're in the ER, when you're dealing with a marriage that looks like it might be broken, how how do you how do you deal with your emotions in those situations that have been so hard in your life? You know, I think, Bob, had I not, I, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family with yeah. an alcoholic mother and a rageaholic father. Yeah. And so I think I'm, you know, my husband was very frustrated early in our marriage. I think I do have, I can only go so far. And so maybe I'm more like a man than a woman in some <laughs> ways. But I'm not that. I think my husband sometimes is more emotional than I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that has served me well in a lot of areas, though, because it, it allowed me to persevere yeah. when, and detach. I think I'm better at detaching than maybe I should be, but it served me well to get through these really difficult times. And I know in the emergency room, if I wasn't able to detach, you can't function. You yeah, just no. can't function there because it's just one thing after another, and it's usually not good stuff. Yeah. So you're not getting a lot of feel-good joy, you know, and lives are literally hanging by a thread, and you're coding people. And if you're all, like, really thinking about this person has a life and children, you can't function. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's detachment It was a survival skill as a child that was it allowed me to work in these careers because I know there are some nurses that would come from the ICU and they thought they wanted to work in the ER and they'd last a day. And they're like, Oh, no way. Because they're <laughs> used to knowing everything about the patient. They get to know the families yeah. and then they're down here and we say, treat them and street them. And <laughs> you know, I mean, it's cold. It's, it's, and, and that is one reason why I did leave too, is I realized I'm getting really callous. Like after eight mm -hmm. years, like 
I am no longer phased about anything. And I didn't think that was good either, where nothing, where you're almost just numb to this carnage of human, you know, misery. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's... What's so interesting to me is you, I love how you can identify, you can quantify yeah. the different stages of life that you've been in. But you've been in so many. I mean, going from, right. you know, your, your waitress days all the way to an author and, and with nursing in between. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating that you decided to use your voice and share so vulnerably these stories, right. these kinds of experiences, because, like, give us your why. Give us your why, why you're sharing these stories. Why did you write the book? Because it wasn't for you. I can feel it. it like, give us the why. Mm-hmm. The why is because I I think the biggest why is I felt God nudging me that he wants all of us people, everyday people like you and I to start raising our voices because yeah. there's a lot of God bashing out there. And I think that was the biggest why that I felt that in my spirit, God is saying it's time for people to start speaking up. You know, we went through these years of not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings. And so you don't say anything. And all of a sudden you've got these, at least for me, I'm going to speak about me, these values that are being shoved down my throat that I don't agree with most of them. And so I decided it's time to speak up and to give God a voice that, you know what, this is what I went through some hard times like we all do, but this is what got me through them. And so I wanted to introduce people to the concept that, you know, a lot of it that you hear in recovery was just healthy living, that I learned coping skills and things, but I didn't learn that out there. I learned it, you know, gratitude. I didn't know what that word meant, I don't think. You know, it wasn't something that we talked about in my house. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, being grateful to letting go of the things you can't control, and that's most of the things, like I said earlier, that really matter, sickness, yeah. health, accidents, yeah. things that are life-changing, we don't get to control. And I never understood that. I thought I could control everything and I'm going to make it, you know, but I realized that. And then I used to make Santa Claus lists for God. And I had to learn to grow up in my spiritual life that that's not how God operates. So I was in a decade of disappointment, you know, and God just, I didn't give up on God because then he allowed me to like grow up. But that was probably my biggest spiritual lesson is like, you cannot make Santa Claus list. And then when you don't get what you want, say, well, then God doesn't love me. And that's how immature I was when I started my spiritual journey. And Mm -hmm. God gave me these long deserts between books. And I'd be like, why am I even writing these books? And what am I doing? And, you know, it takes a lot. You guys have written a book. So you know how much it takes to write a book. It's not... You know, people say all the time, oh, I'm writing a book. Well, how many really finish a book? You know? Very few. So, right. Very few. If they finish it, take it to publishing. Exactly. Which is- exactly. So I think those were the lessons that God wanted me to learn. And I wanted to share some of that in little bite-sized chunks. That's, it's, that's so good, Lisa. You know, at, at the end of the year, my wife loves to uh, do words. You know, what's your new word for the year? And one of our friends uh, had gone through a hard time last year, and her word was reset and run. And when I look at when I look at the title of your book, "Pray, Trust, Ride," I think this is this is just a perfect uh, beginning of the year because this is what we're called to do: pray, trust, and and ride, move on, move forward. How do we get a hold of you? How do people get your book? 
Can you follow you on social media? Yep, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, True Social, um, Lisa Boucher Authors, my website, and my book is available where books are stored, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, you know, wherever. That's so awesome. people can get it if they want it. Well, thank you for being on today. And I'm going to encourage you, our listening audience and viewing audience, you need to get this book. And if you're an author, finish your book too. <laughs> I'm Sean Bowles, and I'm going to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month. Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to BowlesMinistries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back to Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. Sean, that was quite the interview, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I love how outside the box she is. Because a lot of times when you hear people speak, especially in the Christian world, and she was using that platform in such a beautiful way, they're not as raw or vulnerable as her. Like You can tell she's not like necessarily going on the church circuit. She's going to very real people who are dealing with very real problems and being like a mom, being a solution giver. And I just... I loved it. I loved her, uh, just <laughs> the richness of her reality. Yeah. I, the thing that, the thing that really I heard over and over from her was her process and that she wasn't interested in short-term thinking when she was talking about her marriage, she recognized, look, some things have to change. And, and I think she said they went through four to five years of really hard time, but here they've been married for, for decades. And, and in her nursing career, when, when she was talking about, She'd been in the uh, ER for seven years, and she finally decided at some point that you know she had to get out because the the humanity and the tragedy that she's dealing with every day was starting to mess with her mind. And she she has these these ability to to figure out what God's doing in her life and then follow Him in a way that's so real. Well, yeah, and again, she's not from any stream that I'm connected to, you know, in the Christian world. And yet we speak the same language because Jesus is the same Jesus mm-hmm. and is doing the same kinds of things in our lives. I love the the fact that she's had to overcome so much. She's had to learn how to quantify it with God. She's had to learn how to surrender. You know, we use surrender. She was using the phrase let go. I just I I I think that all of us can relate. Like you who are watching, I know that there's certain parts of her story that as you were listening, even may have made you feel uncomfortable because maybe you haven't come to a resolution in that place yet. And it's beautiful to hear stories because it allows you new entry points into God's heart. The other thing I loved about it is she's unvarnished. So many times we talk to people in our streams and our churches and, how you doing, brother? Praise Jesus. I'm doing great. I'm working on my testimony. And, <laughs> and then you think, what is I'm not in that church, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what does working on my testimony mean? Does that mean you're having a hard time? And with Lisa, she's just right out there. This is how it is. And I, I love the unvarnished truth that you knew what she was saying was the truth. And her book, which I love, I love the title, Pray, Trust, Ride. I think it's, I think it's so, so apt for starting a new year. I think you're just going to get some incredible wisdom from a woman who has stuck through hard times in a lot of different areas in her life. Well, I hope you guys will get the book, and I hope you enjoyed Lisa's story. And the other stories that we have every week on Exploring the Marketplace, from business leaders, marketplace leaders, people in careers, people just like you. And I hope as we're pursuing these conversations, it enables you to make choices in your everyday life to really follow God in ways 
that you may not have thought about before you heard these stories. Please keep listening. Stay part of the conversation by going to our social medias. Both Bob and I have social medias that are very active. I also have an active YouTube page, which we post episodes every Wednesday of this as well. So if you missed it on CBN News or you missed it in the podcast, come watch the podcast on YouTube. We'll see you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you on our website with free videos, take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.